0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Gearnetwork.com. The following is a presentation of the Gear Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is sponsored by our store through Amazon. If you visit shopgear.com, please remember to do that, because when you do, you provide gasoline to the engine known as Gear Radio Network, and that helps this podcast continue. It is the best way to shop for yourself, and is the best way to support this
1: podcast. Now, on with the show.
2: Ladies and gentlemen... You're listening to the Better Live Than Dead podcast. hello there. We have a live Sabercast here for you today, a BLTD Sabercast. I am Ryan Wolf, at Wolf BLTD, joined by my Sabercast cohort most of the time. Uh, but today he's here. That's all that matters. It's Brayden, at BJ Wilson, WGR Brayden Wilson. Uh, I'm glad we could get on the air and talk some Buffalo Sabres, man. It's been a while.
1: It has been way too long since I've been able to do this. I, I what was it like? Two weeks into the season, the last time we did something like this.
2: Yeah, it's 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 been a while. I mean, um, with work, with life, with I'm going. I'm in school. Um, and the Sabers not being bad, you know, it it definitely gets it knocked down. I mean, if the Sabers were good, and you know they were they were kicking ass like everyone expected them to be, or it kicking some sort of, I guess, ass, collective ass, maybe not all the ass, but like part of the ass, then maybe, then maybe we would have been like, yeah, you know, I've got an hour time of time open, but I'd rather, you know, just kind of relax and take a minute to breathe. It's like, no, we would, um, we were going to take our time and podcast. So we, we kind of pushed it down the road, but the Buffalo Sabres, I mean, there's, there's, there's no... Real time to waste here. We can just jump head first. The Buffalo Sabres, uh, and at the time of recording, too, they played 28 games. It's December 8th. They play the Blackhawks tonight. Who knows how that's going to be? The Blackhawks have been really bad. The Sabres have been very bad as well. Um, They're dead last. The Sabres are in the Eastern Conference and in the NHL with 18 points in 28 games. They're 7 17 and 4 at the time of recording, as I mentioned. Um, They're not good. They're a lot. I mean, a lot of Sabres fans, logical Sabres fans, Didn't expect them to be great, but I'm hard-pressed to find someone who thought that they would be this bad.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, they've been quite awful. I mean, again, I thought that going into the season, they were going to be not great, but I mean, they'd be probably sticking around in maybe 10th place in the conference, maybe 8th place in the conference, not too far, or not 8th place, 11th place, sorry, not too far off from eight, but you know they'd be they'd be right around there and, and really, they've just been anything but that. They've been very bad, they can't score, they can't pass, they can't shoot they can't uh, t- I take the the shooting part back they can't shoot in clean areas and what I mean by that is that they get the puck they try and throw the puck on that and it either is blocked right away, or they just take the puck, they take the stupid shots like Evander Kane did two years ago, where it's just like, oh, I'm just going to get a shot on goal just so I can say I got a shot on goal. So, I mean, it's, it's gone from bad to worse, and the Avalanche win the other night was kind of like a, uh, okay, maybe maybe uh, some things are changing a little bit here, especially with the moves that Botchwell made. I know we'll get to that in a little bit, but... You know that game on Tuesday night against Colorado was maybe a little bit of a glimpse of hope. Like, okay, maybe things they they can start turning things around. Maybe things are gonna look bright from here. But I mean, again, they're playing a, a Colorado team whose defense was not that great. Uh, they were missing Gabe Landeskog because he was still serving his suspension, and now they go to Chicago tonight, and they're facing a team that, yeah, they haven't been that good this year. But I mean, they're still Chicago. They're still a very good hockey team, all in all, through and through. So. You know, hopefully the Sabres can turn things around. But I mean, from from what I've seen early on to the first two, two and a half months of the year, uh, not looking good, not looking anything pretty for the Sabres. And, uh, you know, hopefully they turn things around. But again, uh, they've kind of dug themselves a hole. And before we can even get to Christmas time, you could pretty much say the season's over.
2: It's crazy to think, too, before we get to the first topic here, uh, I was looking at it today because I can't help myself. Uh, ESPN has the uh, like a revolving website that automatically just places teams where they would be in a playoff matchup. And right now Buffalo is 17 points out of a playoff spot. They have 18 points this season. That's, that's gotta be some sort of record, but I mean, it really starts off and this brings us to our first topic of, of it starts off with goal scoring. Like you said, Brayton, uh, Buffalo right now, dead last with 60 goals scored. It's not even close. The next worst team is Arizona who has 74 goals. Now, Kane and Michael have been good uh Kane and Eichel have combined for 21 of 60 goals that's 35 percent of the Sabres goals now granted you'd want that to be a little a little lower because you're expecting other people to score but that has not been the case um the defensive core all the defensemen who have played it's been a mishmash hot mod hodgepodge or modgepodge, or whatever you want to call it of of, of <laughs> AHL defensemen and NHL defensemen kind of failing time because people have been hurt and ineffective but they have one goal Jake McCabe last game, which almost was taken away. It should have been taken away. It wasn't offsides, but I digress. Uh, you take them where you can get them. Uh, for me, I, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards Kyle Poso struggling to score. He has a few goals, but nothing jumping off the paper. Um, the aforementioned lack of goals defensively, uh, and really the lack of true secondary scoring from the Buffalo Sabres, which has been the same old song and dance we've seen for the past four or five years. The top lines does do their job the bottom lines don't do the job. You've got Johan Larson with the goal. You've got Zemmys Gergensen's with only a goal. So it's, you're, you're trying to figure out what's going to work. And to this point, they've not found out what's going to work for this team.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got to figure out something fast. Cause I mean, again, the other night was a nice glimmer of hope because you got production from the top four lines and one down to four. And then you had production from the blue line, getting a goal from Jake McCabe. Finally, we got a goal from a defenseman, but uh, you know, that was maybe one of the very few games of the entire season where the Sabres probably played a complete 60 minutes of hockey and actually looked pretty decent. And the other time that they did, they got a win. Uh, You know, it, it, the Sabres just, they seem like every time they keep, Pulling you, or they keep pushing you further away. They come back with a performance to pull you back in, and it's just like, hey, we're back in it. And then they'll go on another uh, really bad losing streak where it's just like, okay, maybe they're not back in it. And then they win again, and they pull you right back in. It, it's just an endless cycle for that, and it's been that way for the Sabres for many, many years. Now, I, I totally agree where I think Evander Kane and Jack Eichel, despite the the scoring struggles that Jack has had, I think that they've been your best players throughout the entire season. And I and I get the people that want to say, well, you know, why don't we just re-sign Kane? Let's keep him. He's been working. He fits Phil Housley's system. He fits what he wants to do. But then at the same time, you have to realize it's just like you know, hey, he might be going to free agency regardless if he gets traded at the trade deadline or not. Once January, once July first comes, he's probably going to hit the open market. He's going to test the market, see what kind of money he can get from other teams or from you know the Sabers even or. Whoever, whichever team he's going to be on by the time he hits free agency. I mean, you just never know what the case is there. But, you know, looking at this, this Sabres team right now, you, you definitely need production from the bottom six. I think that's that's been a very big lackluster thing for the Sabres this year. And, and you mentioned guys like Johan Larson has been producing. Zemgis has been is now going to be scratched for a second straight game. He hasn't been producing anything. And, you know, they had to make a couple of moves. I mean, they waved Matt Molson and they brought in Scott Wilson from Detroit. And so far, I mean, through one game, it looked really nice and hopefully it can carry over through the next few games here, especially out West when they go uh, to St. Louis on Sunday. But I mean, as of right now, I mean, the, the the big thing is that everybody just has to keep playing like they did uh, against Colorado on Tuesday night. If that can happen every game, I think the Sabres, maybe they won't win every game, but they'll at least stay in every game. They'll at least be, in it and they'll be competing. But at this point of the year, I mean, again, season looks like it's already over. And I mean, if they figure something out and they can make a late run and, you know, if they make the, I mean, if they don't even get close to a playoff, I don't care. Just as long as they can turn things around and show that they're a competent team under the system that they're trying to run and under Phil Housley, I'm completely fine with that.
2: When you're looking for the positives, and I mean, it's very hard because throughout the first 10, 15 games, the team looked lost. They, they, they didn't appear to have a clue of what Housley wanted them to do. And then when they seemed to have a clue, they, they lost it real quick. So, I mean, but at this point being 20, almost 38 games or 30 games in the season, almost you're starting to kind of get a feel for what's working. And I mean, obviously aside from Eichel and Kane, um, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly kind of picked up his game there for a little while, but for me, it's defense. Defense has been, has been a breath of fresh air when healthy. I mean, you've got Marco Scandella, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Victor Antipin have all looked really good and have improved since the start of the season. As they appear to get more comfortable in Phil Housley's system, uh, mm-hmm. Ristolainen definitely fits, seems to fit well. His style of play seems to fit well on Housley's defensive system. who to thunk at that? Maybe Rasmus Ristolainen. He may not be a number one defenseman when it comes down to it at the end of the day, but you know what? He's a good enough defenseman that he'll be playing a lot, a lot, a lot of minutes in an NHL game. Uh, and he seems to be up to the task. It seems like at this point, and uh, the yeah. also the last one is Victor Antipin. Started the year, he was scratched a bunch, didn't look super comfortable. But as as Brayden, you've been pointing out on Twitter very well. He seems to be getting more comfortable with his game, opening himself up a little more, and and, and really showing what he can do. And it's been a lot of fun to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I'll I'll carry on with Antipin's point again. Every time that he seems to come out of the lineup, I just think, why are you bringing him out of the lineup? But you know, it's it's understandable. He's still even through two and a half months of the season, he's still finding that comfort level of playing in the NHL. He's still figuring out the way everything works here over in North America. And, you know, the other night he was scratched uh, the game before Colorado. Then he comes back and plays in Colorado. And even though he played only 11 minutes of hockey, I thought he played some of his best hockey of the season. He was carrying the puck. He was holding, I mean, he was skating with the puck with confidence. He kept moving his feet, which has been a huge knock on him this year is that you know he's a good skater. He moves feet well on his feet, but the problem is he just doesn't use it enough. I thought the the other night in Colorado he was on his feet. He was moving his feet the entire night. He, again, even though he played 11 minutes of hockey, a little less than that, he was still playing extremely well. And the, and everybody else really that that's come in that has adjusted, uh, they've they've looked better. I mean guys like Ristolainen that you mentioned, he looks a lot more comfortable uh, in in Housley's system, even though he's. Still not exactly playing smart with the puck. I mean, we saw it against Pittsburgh when they were here in Buffalo where he, he gave up the puck right in front of the net and Sidney Crosby was right there to steal the puck. I mean, you just can't give away pucks like that. Um, but even then, he's still coming around with his game. I mean, there's plenty of other guys that are just adjusting to this system that are, are playing really well. I, th- I think even Zach Bogosian has been Buffalo's best defenseman since he's returned to the lineup. I think he's been skating and he's been playing well with the puck. He's doing everything that we kind of expected him to do in Buffalo. And now that he's in a system that fits him extremely well, I think that he's, I think he's playing to his full potential right now. And it's, it's pretty darn good hockey. Even Nathan Beaulieu when he's in the lineup again, he's, he's got some give, he's got some issues with playing the puck and playing a smart game, but he skates well with the puck. He's creating chances. And I think the Sabres need a guy like him in the lineup in order to have success. I think they need to have everybody on the blue line, uh, as we've seen earlier in the season. If nobody, if not everybody's there, the team will tend to struggle. But, I mean, if everybody's there, if everybody's playing and, and contributing, I think the Sabres will be just fine. So, yeah, I mean, through two and a half months of the season, you, you'd kind of figure, okay, some of these guys have to be ready to go. They should be ready to go at this point. But right now, I think that everything's looking pretty good, and again, with the way the season is going right now, I think maybe you, you kind of cut your loss for the season, you try and finish up evaluating what you want out of this team for the future, and then you go from there.
2: Now, down on down on the farm, because um, I kind of want to look at Rochester as well, because they've been fantastic. There's no doubt about that. I know, uh, Brayton, you've been to a few games. I've been to a couple games as well. I think I've only been to one game, actually. I can't remember, but uh, right now, as of press time, the Rochester Americans are 12-5-3-2. and two. You know, they have that weird overtime loss, shootout loss category in the standings. I don't understand it, but whatever. Um, 29 points, second. It puts them at second in the North Division. I'm struggling talking today. Bad when you're doing a podcast. But <laughs> the 29 points put them good enough for second in the North Division. Chris Taylor's been helping with that culture change. They've been trying to build in Rochester. Looks successful so far. Um. Bolting up the prospect ranking, C.J. Smith leads the team with 23 points, 7 goals, and 16 assists. Both also lead the Amherst. He's looked fantastic. Brendan Gooley looks very comfortable in Rochester with 14 points, 21 games, 5 goals, 9 assists. i to round out some prospect stuff. Baptiste, Nicholas Baptiste, 10 points, 4 and 6, 4 goals, 6 assists in 15 games. Alex Neilander has 4 points, a goal, and 3 assists in 8 games, but you got to imagine he's still coming up to speed and and really his training camp is playing full speed um, regular season games so uh also one last thing Linus Holmark has looked absolutely fantastic that that decision to trade Will Carrier and a and a pick to Vegas so they wouldn't take Linus Holmark looks pretty good 16 games plays 10 3 and 2 with a 2.80 goals allowed a game and a 919 save percentage and he really is looking like he's filling out that spot that uh, that may make Robin Leonard expendable here soon. I mean, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself on that one. But Brayton, for the most part, Rochester's look pretty damn good in in, in the prospects. And it's kind of something we're going to touch on in the next topic, a little bit of a future watch. But for the most part, Buffalo's kept their hands off of Rochester, and rightfully so. It's It's been a very good thing.
1: It's been wonderful to see. I mean, if there's one positive you want to look at with the Sabres this season is the way that they have been so successful down in Rochester and the way that Chris Taylor has changed the culture down there. I mean, the, the Amherst have been just as pitiful as the Buffalo Sabres have for the past few years, and they've made the playoffs sooner than the Sabres organization in the NHL has. But even then, they've been up and down with players they signed players to PTOS, then they would release them and then they'd have a guy come up and and skate five games and go back to the nhl and it would just be just an endless cycle of of ridiculousness i i'd have to say when tim murray was under command but now that uh you know jason bottrell and chris taylor and randy sexton have taken over i think things have finally started we've finally started to see some establishment come in rochester where you know you've got chris taylor Having a consistent lineup game in and game out, he's got guys who are contributing and playing a full sixty minutes of hockey and I mean down in Rochester right now if you i mean if you want to see the potential future and what's going to happen here in Buffalo, I mean you could just go to a hockey game down there, see what Chris Taylor and see what some of the prospects are doing down there i mean, you look at guys like c j Smith and brendan gooley uh and and some of the other guys that are down there too i mean. They're playing really well, and I mean, yeah, sure. The Sabers just called up Hudson, Fashing, and and a guy like Evan Rodriguez, who both of them were playing extremely well for them uh, as well when they were still there. But I mean, Rochester. I mean, if there's one thing that you maybe want to do is go to Rochester, see a hockey game, and and go watch some fun hockey because they certainly have been putting wins together. They've been putting together some incredible games. I mean, they they won by a score of ten to three two weeks ago, and they beat Binghamton. I mean, it's it's games like that that just make you so excited for hockey. It makes you so, it makes you want to have successful hockey here in Buffalo. I mean, CJ Smith, yeah, you said it with the 23 points in, uh, you know, seven goals and he's leading the team. I mean, CJ Smith is probably going to get the same treatment as, as Brendan Gooley right now, where Gooley, even though he's playing really well, he's probably not even going to make the NHL this year, or at least not yet. So, uh, you know, there's some disappointments though, with this, with the, uh, with the Amherst right now. I mean, the, your two top guys down there in Nick Baptiste and Justin Bailey, Bailey's of course injured right now, and he's going to be out probably another week maybe. And then Nick Baptiste only 10 points in 15 games. And he's been just on and off this year. He'll come, he will be so, of I mean, he'll just pop out to you with his skating, with his, shooting abilities and his, his play all around. And then there's other games where he's just completely invisible. And that's disappointing. And then there's a guy like Alex Nylander too, who's, you know, he's just back from injury. We're still waiting to see if he's going to go to the world juniors. My guess would be maybe after this weekend or the weekend after that, maybe then the, the Bottrell will say, okay, yeah, sure. Let's uh, let's let Alex go play for Sweden in the world juniors. And then uh, let Nylander probably get in those seven games here in Buffalo and and be a contributing factor here and we'll see how it goes. But I mean, um, you know, the team the team down there looks really good right now. They look like a complete unit from top to bottom. They're they're playing strong 60 minutes of hockey in both ends. Lena Salmark doesn't have to stand on his head anymore, which is really nice. I mean, he's 10, three, and two. In 16 games and he just looks very comfortable in that he doesn't look like he has to face much pressure anymore just because he's got a good defense in front of him he's got pieces in front of him that can move the puck better than they did last year because i mean last year he'd face 35 40 45 even sometimes 50 shots a night and would have to stand on his head and they'd still lose three to two but lena sawmark was at no fault for the loss so i mean For him to play as well as he has right now is a very good sign. And yeah, I mean, if he continues this play right now, I would not be surprised if this made Robin Leonard's future very expendable here. I think that there's been the rumors that they're available on the open trade market. And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, let's trade him now and then bring up Allmark. I'd actually want to keep Allmark down for the rest of the season and then bring him up for next year. Maybe have him as your starting goaltender.
2: Now, that kind of leads me to my last point here on the podcast that I wanted to discuss today, something we call Future Watch. Um, and I was going to bring up the thought of, you know, when is it time to to pillage Rochester? And and, and if Buffalo is going to start selling players off, are you bringing back bodies who can play in the NHL? Like, for instance, you mentioned the the potential of uh, Robin Leonard, them taking calls on Robin Leonard. They're also taking calls reportedly on Chad Johnson. Ah, uh, Jason Bottrill, in, in the Sabres front office, has reportedly called around to other GMs and said everyone's available. But Eichel, if you call this, you will talk about anybody but Jack Eichel. So really, we're just wondering, kind of when the other shoe is going to fall. Now we've seen, we've seen Scott Wilson be added, uh, a, an underrated move that should help out the bottom six, should help out the locker room. Um, you've got the demotion of Matt Molson, which to me speaks volumes because for the first mm-hmm. twenty-five plus games it really seemed like both Phil Housley and, and Jason Bottrell were, were, were very hesitant to make major moves. You know, Let this team get comfortable in the new system. Let them show us what they can do. And then at some point in time, we have to pull the trigger. And it seems like they've decided because, you know, I got, from what I gather, from what I've seen, because I'm, I'm following the team as much as possible, but from what I saw and what I've overheard, Jason Bottrell is around the team 24-7. He's, he's, he travels with them. Mm-hmm. He watches them on the road. He makes sure he has his eyes mm-hmm. on them. So in these, in these early times, when he's trying to mold a foundation for this team long-term, he makes sure he gets the right guys and he can also see them, see the game in person, because that's really, that's what he excels at, obviously, is, is, is scouting is watching, is, is seeing the game on the ice and going, okay, you know, we can make a decision now. And obviously you see that, that shoot, that first shoe drop with Matt Molson being waived. Um, some may say much overdue, I won't disagree with that one, but. He goes over to, or to Ontario to play with uh, the Ontario rain out in California, which is kind of a, a, a nice, a nice little move for, for Molson. Cause obviously we know he lives out there in the offseason, all that. And um, he can kind of, instead of going and playing Rochester, he plays in, in California. So that works out well for him. But I mean, for me, I was going to ask you the question when it's a time to pillage Rochester, but I guess I'm just going to put it out there. I mean, uh, as, as we go through the, the Bata rebuild, as I, as I, dubbed it here on the on the podcast notes. Um you gotta keep the kids in Rochester as long as you possibly can. I mean, uh-huh. they had, you know, when they called up Hudson Fashion, they sent down Kyle colo so they still have a body for a body. You're not just taking Hudson Fashion and saying, we're gonna go sign some guy off of his couch to play hockey with us. I mean, they're 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 trying to build a winning culture because you know if and it sounds so cliche, but if you build a winning culture in the AHL and and, and you can really show these players that they can win at this level when they come up, they already know what they need to do. Plus, really what they're doing in Buffalo, they're, they're trying to do in Rochester and then vice versa. So there's little room for for misunderstanding or, or when, right. when Buds and Fashion comes up, he, it's not going to be a completely different system, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So for me, I'm all about keeping everybody in Rochester. Let Buffalo ride out the storm. Uh, you're probably going to trade a bunch of guys. I'm, by a bunch, I mean maybe three or four. Um, yeah. We're gonna see some deals, I think, some smaller deals like some Scott Wilson type of deals, where is gonna to try to build his team quicker. I mean, if he can. I mean, 'cause you can't force you can't force him to make a deal, but I, I think there's still a lot of work to be done, but that Scott Wilson deal and then the demotion of Matt Molson really kind of shows us that maybe this thing is slowly but surely heading in the right way, patiently heading in the right way. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I mean, looking at this roster for Rochester right now, I see four guys that are pretty much guys that are, okay, you're not going to touch them no matter what uh, under some certain circumstances, and I'll explain. There's Brendan Gooley, obviously. There's CJ Smith, Lena Salmark, and I think Alex Nylander is your fourth guy that no matter what happens throughout the season in Buffalo, you do not touch them in Rochester, with Nylander being the exception, only for him now to go play at the World Juniors and play for Sweden uh, for a handful of games uh, with the world junior team. I think that Nylander, uh, that experience, he probably doesn't need it, but it's still good for him because, I mean, he's going to be able to compete against some of the best players in the world. He can put up a ridiculous amount of points like he did last year. I mean, he finished tied for the for the uh, tournament in scoring, uh, even though Sweden failed the medal once again. And I think that Nylander this year, he'll be, of course, looked to as their leader on the team if he plays. I think that he will be able to go out there and just shine, above everybody else. And if he can help lead Sweden finally to a medal round in his third try uh, to win a medal with Sweden, I think that would be great for him. I think that would be great for the country. And I I think that would be great for Buffalo too, because, hey, that's one of your top prospects. And then you also have Marcus Davidson who could possibly make the team. He'd be on the roster too. So if if two of Buffalo's top prospects, or I wouldn't consider Marcus Davidson a top prospect, but if two of their decent prospects can win medals at this tournament. That would be really nice. But yeah, I mean, aside from that, we, I, I mean, for the purge, uh, I mean, you already saw Hudson fashing being part of that quote unquote purge right now. I think that I would have pegged him in there as one of those guys. It's just like, yeah, I mean, if, if you want to keep him down there the entire season, be my guest, but I mean, he was playing so well in Rochester. He was playing so physical in front of the net and that's what Phil Housley wanted. And so they call him up, and look what he's doing in the NHL level right now. He's in front of the net. He's playing on the power play in front of the net. He's creating havoc in front of the net for the opposition. And that's exactly what Phil Housing wanted. Hudson Fashing is going to give you that. And I think he plays an incredibly good two-way game. And I think that Hudson Fashing, it was his time, and I was okay with the move. So – You know, looking at the roster, I mean, you're probably going to see some names get called up, maybe like Nick Baptiste or Justin Bailey, obviously, when guys go down and they need an extra body. Uh, Of course, if those guys are healthy, and then maybe you'll get Kyle Criscolo. You'll maybe get uh, a guy like Seth Griffith coming back up, maybe even Kevin Porter. I wouldn't count on that. But, I mean, right now, with the Rochester team, and, and speaking of purge, I think there's the four names of Nylander, Gooley. Allmark and CJ Smith that are for sure not going to get touched at all. They want to, I think, um, wants to develop those guys fully. He wants to develop them the right way. And I think developing them in the AHL getting that time to play and having them go on the bus and having them, you know, go from place to place that way. I think that's exactly what they need. And then next year when they come to the NHL level, I think those four will be guys that will be heavily looked to be in the NHL being full-time contributors for the Sabres.
2: I mean, it, it's, it's tough. It's still tough to watch because you, you wonder, you're like, you know, they've got talented guys. Like I would love to see CJ Smith down in. uh, Oh,
1: I'd love to see him too. Th-
2: th- I'd love to see him come up from Rochester and come to Buffalo. But you know what? You, you know, too, that, that extra year of development, that extra year of dominating, absolutely dominating at the AHL. And same with Lena Solmark, it might be something where, you know, you have a group of guys stick together and then you call them all up next year, or you okay. start to call them up, um, as much as possible or as slow as possible. I guess I don't know. I mean it, it's it's very strange because we're still all trying to feel out the whole the whole process right on um on Jason Bottrill, on Phil Housley, on, on where this team's gonna go because I mean in in you know, a year from now, uh things can be completely different than they are at this point. And and that's exactly what, you know, that that's the hard part is we're sitting here and you know, I I wonder, I'm like, you know, this team doesn't look great. How are they going to change? But then a year from now, they could be good. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but you know, it, it's it's things can change relatively quickly. You just have to make all the right moves and, and and stop handing out massive contracts, kind of like Tim Murray used to, and just hope it will fix your problem. But I mean, the the one thing I'm going to keep my eye on. And I guess we can wrap on this, but the one thing I'm going to keep my eye on, obviously, is the scoring. But for me, the one thing I'm going to keep my eye on is the Evander Kane situation. Do the Buffalo Sabers decide to try to keep him, or um, do they do they just deal him for the for the best price, the highest price? Because at, yeah. at this point, we we know they're asking a lot for Kane, but maybe they get it. But if they don't, I mean, maybe that they, they will. Uh, maybe they'll stick around and, and decide to keep him and. In, in, mm make him a part of the long-term future because he, he's st- he's fit in the system very well and he scores a ton of goals and that's something the Sabres don't do.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I think that looking ahead, if Vander Kane plans on hitting the free agent market, I think you have to trade him. I don't, I don't think there's that if ands or buts about it. I think that if he wants to hit the market, if he wants to test his skills and in, in what he's done this past season in free agency, and if he has no, I mean, i he said that you know he likes buffalo and he likes playing here but as he said that he's going that he wants to resign here has he said that he'd be one of the buffalo would be one of the teams that he's looking to resign with no so i mean if that's the case and if you hit the trade deadline and he's still not fully committed you have to trade him i don't think i don't think there's any arguing in that you have to get the best value out of him and i know that we can argue what his value is all this time and i mean Again, I think that if he keeps performing the way that he has throughout the entire season, I think the value is going to be there. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to exactly put a, uh, a, a value on him because I don't think you can right now. I don't think Jason Bottrell knows what his value is right now. But, I mean, you'd you'd hope that it's a good value, maybe a top pick, maybe a top prospect, maybe a player that's ready for the NHL right now. You just never know because value changes all the time. But, I mean, for a 30-goal scorer, if Vander King can finish the year with 30 goals and he's on pace for that, I think you can get quite the value for a 30-goal scorer this year and for a guy who's playing pretty much in his prime right now, and he'll be playing this way for hopefully another three or four years, maybe even five years. We're, we don't know that for sure yet, but I think that if Vander King goes into the trade deadline and you still don't think he's going to resign or the future is cloudy by any means, I think you trade him.
2: I don't disagree. I mean, at this point you have to, you have to do what you can do to, to make this team better. And if, if keeping him makes them better, I mean, keeping now keeping Kane now makes the team better now, but does keeping Mm -hmm. Kane make the Sabres better long term? And that sounds like an insane thing to say, but I'm not sure because you don't know what you're going to get. So I guess that's the risk you have to take, but um, we'll, we'll be around to talk about it. We'll certainly, we're not going anywhere. Um, We'll, we'll talk more about the Sabres here coming up soon i mean obviously uh at this point it it's it's twenty eight games into the season it feels like it's been three and a half years this season has felt like at least but you mm-hmm. know in due time hopefully the Sabres will get better and then we will uh we will go from there
1: absolutely yeah i mean but, I, <laughs> yeah i don't I don't know what more to add on to that i'm just uh you know. With with the way this team is going right now, yeah, it certainly sucks. But I mean, you just got to stick with it. I think that everything will be just fine. I think that I think that we can keep going and and push on through the rest of this year. Hopefully, things will get better. I I certainly hope that they do. I don't think they're going to be last place forever. Um, but you know, hey, I mean, if, if if you finish near last place, I mean, you have the best odds of picking number one overall, and you know, by no means I, I do I want that to happen. But again, if it happens, I mean there's a pretty good prospect in Rasmus Deline, who's probably going to be in Buffalo come December. And uh, if you don't know who that is, you'll fi- you'll watch him and you'll see him and uh you'll know why he's so highly touted.
2: And we'll keep an eye on that for sure. I mean, an- another top pick can't hurt the Buffalo Sabres rebuilding efforts, just as long as they don't become Edmonton, which it kind of feels like it's trending in that direction, but we can we can talk about that at a different time. Um, yeah, let's cause hopefully
1: never talk about that.
2: That's a, that's a topic. That's a thought I had recently, and I had to slap it out of my face real quick. I didn't want to think about that, but um,
1: if I was with you, it, I would have slapped it out of your face.
2: <laughs> if you were with me, I wouldn't have told you. Um, <laughs> but if you're listening to us on bltdsports.com, thank you. But you can also check us out uh, Google Play. You can check us out on iTunes as well. Um, bltdsports.com. Uh, like I said, Facebook.com backslash bltdsports at bltdsports on Twitter uh Brayton is at BJ Wilson WGR I am uh at Wolf BLTD on Twitter almost forgot my own Twitter handle and uh Brayton I want to thank you for joining me today
1: thank you for having me
2: as always and uh first time long time we just want to tell you we are better live than dead
1: and you are not
2: catch you soon friends thanks for tuning in
1: the preceding presentation has been brought to you by the gear network
0: That's join